They say everyone has a book inside them, and often that's where it should stay. I really can't help but be aghast that the author wants you to pay. But we're just a pair of absolute bookends who don't want to be like us. So if you want to read, pick some quality literature rather than this dross. Welcome to Two Absolute Bookends, where we read books so bad you should burn them before reading. This is episode four. I, Captain, and helping me hold up this edifice of literary tosh yet again is Louis. Hello there. And this week, we're reading chapter four of The Way the Stars Fall, Rebirth, by Lewis Stockton. Uh, not much really happens in this chapter. It's mostly dealing with the aftermath of using the warp drive. They realise that the tranquility is now suddenly kitted out like a battleship rather than a transport ship, with weapons coming out the wazoo. He spends most of it just talking to Toner, trying to work out how and why this happened then talking to Hollister, trying to work out why, and then they realise that there's no wormhole anymore, and completely befuddled by this whole sequence of events, they decide to head back to Deep Space Trade Voyage Station 58 to find out just what the hell's going on. So anyway, Louis, what did you think of this chapter? Uh, it's, I have absolutely no idea <laughs> what happened in this chapter. Like, There's a lot of... Uh... Sciency explanations, which I'm not sure whether I'm just not getting or they're just they make no sense. Uh, uh, I I don't think they make sense for the most part, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> as you said, not much really happens mm-hmm. here. Yeah, the first thing we get in the chapter is sort of like uh, they've done a scan of the ship and we find out what fancy new weaponry the ship's kitted out in because uh, like. Apparently, after going through this wormhole while hitting the warp drive, their ship's suddenly still the tranquility, apparently lay, but now it's full of weaponry. Just like this ship had gun batteries, and not just a few, there were hundreds. Broadside artillery cannons, fighter defence rail guns, missile and torpedo batteries, as well as a huge magnetic acceleration cannon, or MAC cannon. Now, that's the difference between our one? Isn't that right, Louis? Yeah, mine, mine, yeah, mine doesn't say Mac Cannon. It just says Mac, which is correct. Better than your version. Yeah, it isn't a tautology. It isn't saying it's a magnetic acceleration cannon. Cannon. The cannon's so good they named it twice. Yeah, I had. A... <laughs> he does. Yeah, he leaves that mistake in later on, though. In my version, yeah, as well. he, he couldn't escape it entirely. Yeah, I had a couple of other problems with their new armament, though. That's like, I know. First of all, I know, it seemed to me a bit weird that the fighter defence things were rail guns, which is because, Mm -hmm. I know, I don't know if this is just, like, just their popular depiction and how well, like, rail guns would work, but they, as far as I could tell, were used to fire a solid, like, slug with no propellant by using magnets, basically. Like, that doesn't sound, like, ideal for shooting out, like, clouds of fighters. I would have thought they would have wanted some kind of flak gun or cannon for that kind of thing that throws out a lot of mess to take out these little things, as opposed to, like, these super fast and precise lumps of just slugs of metal being fired out. But, I don't know. Well, by the sounds of it, all all they need is, like, a, a micron of dust 
Uh, yeah, shooter. exactly. But that's it, though. Why don't they have like a flak cannon that fires out like millions of microns of dust, <laughs> rip through everything? <laughs> and but, and I don't know quite why he's like specified missiles and torpedoes, like because I don't know, like. It's kind of weird when in these space things that they call their things torpedoes anyway. Yeah, when in... isn't isn't a torpedo supposed to be basically an underground underwater yeah, missile? Yeah, in, in real, in like in real life usage of the word, like torpedoes are exclusively for things that travel underwater to hit things underwater. As far as I understand, and I like googled it earlier today, so I think I understand. <laughs> but and that's more than he. Yeah, did. but it's like I don't mind like space things using torpedoes as their word because i know i guess if they're sort of like treating sort of like the floaty space as being a more fluid medium which is kind of a funny way to look at things but i know i don't mind if they're just using torpedoes i find it weird to make a distinction between having both Yeah, because what is the difference I don't in space know. between a missile and a I torpedo? I literally can't think what the difference would be in space. <laughs> like I say, like, I, I'd way, accept uh... either, but it, having both just... I don't know, man. Can't deal with it. <laughs> yeah, either, either way, the ship has both. Yep, it does. I like the fact that it says uh, all this, all these new armaments made Jack very happy. Yeah. Uh, the only thing he had in his mind was one question. Why? Why? <laughs> That's that's the only question. <laughs> the only one. No, that that's another yeah. thing that kind of like weirded me out. Why is Jack happy that he's suddenly on a ship festooned with weapons? Yeah, he's supposedly someone who's grown up on these transports. Wanting ships, to do it right? though. His dad wanted him to join like like whatever their sort of like version of the Imperium the army. army kind of thing and work yeah. on ships like this. But he See, made the yeah, active actually... choice to become a space transport and trader. But but now he's suddenly happy that his ship that his ships become a battleship festooned with weapons when it seems like antithetical to the life choice that he made and said he made earlier on. But it makes him happy. It also seems like a very I mean, maybe this will be explained later on in the book, but it's a very specific change. Mm. Like, and that's the only thing that changes about the ship—that they get guns. Uh, I I would say later on in the ship, it turns out some other things have changed about the mm. ship, but they're kind of—it's kind of going off of the same theme, though. To be honest, it's still kind of war-related. The things I'm thinking of, but I mean, yeah, I, I guess this is like I don't understand this whole thing. Like, I, I don't know whether I should get into it now or later, but I guess it doesn't matter at what point I jump into this because it's kind of like a just a problem with the whole premise in general. I don't, I just don't get why he made him start the story in a transport ship. Because he was in that ship for three chapters, now he's in a warship. I don't see how it added anything to the story at all. Well, how would they? He needed to set up, presumably, the uh, the story of him transporting the warp. But the core thing is, like, is. but that would be such an easy thing to sort of like right around like you know because a battleship's still going to have a sizable hold and it sounds like the warp drive wasn't that big they could easily justify this top secret prototype drive 
being given a warship as an escort instead of this transport yeah, ship. It, well, isn't the point of the warp drive that it's supposed to be attached to one? For exactly. They could have yeah. they could have had it that this was just the first battleship test. I mean, aside from the fact that Jack wouldn't have an ex- such an excuse to be so mad about it happening to him, but you know, they still could have ended up in this alternate universe with it. Be- yeah, that's basically it. there's no reason for for this and it uh, for this to happen because. I don't see how it adds anything. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and maybe it's like uh it's one of those um what's it called? High school musical type things of like his dad wanted him to be a an an army man and but he he just want, loved transport and now this is his like moment to to shine. Ah, <laughs> uh, but it's just it's just, like it's also the fact that it makes this this sort of like big change in like a second for what I consider no good reason, and it makes everything make less sense. I mean, as you say, you have no idea what's going on this chapter because I don't, I don't see how they can justify this with any kind of science babble. Like they spend the rest of this chapter using science babble and going, "Well, that's not it." More science babble. Well, that's not it, and. I mean, I don't think they ever re- adequately explain it with any science babble at any point in the rest of the book either. They kind of give up trying to explain it after this point, to be honest, if I recall. <laughs> you know, it's just a given now. Now the now the tranquility's a warship. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just I just really don't understand why he decided to make that choice to have it change like this in such a nonsensical way it's like i'll be honest my sort of like my level of suspension of disbelief with this book was pretty fucking low to begin with (laughs) but this just like this just sunk it out of the water with some of those space torpedoes it's just like now i've just i just listened to it i'm just like i don't this has just become like gobbledygook now. <laughs> I don't understand why. <laughs> uh. <sighs> yeah. So uh uh Jack goes to find Tona. because uh, I think in the last chapter she was fixing or doing something with the warp drive thing. Uh, yeah, like I think that she was down there making it run as she was literally yeah. the only person who'd ever seen it for. Actually, was she? And, wasn't uh, she holding onto Jack's chair when they flew? When they when things went? Oh no, he he said, "Tona, get that Tona engine and plugged Hollister, in." Yeah, okay. Yeah, Tona and Hollister ran down to the cargo okay, bay. That's cool. <laughs> um, and when when Jack gets to the cargo bay, it says that the the room felt like it was vibrating, and even Jack's teeth were rattling in his <laughs> mouth. First of all, I like that. Thanks for clarifying where his teeth are in his mouth. They couldn't just said like his teeth are rattling. Oh, by the way, they're in his mouth. Good to know. Also, small point that is another paragraph that doesn't end in any sort of punctuation. For <laughs> me, me neither. You're right there. <laughs> no. Uh, I also like how he's like. There's this very this room that's vibrating a lot, and his teeth are rattling. And yet they proceed to stay in that room to have a massive conversation for pretty much the whole chapter. Oh, yeah. I wonder what they sound like. Just like, Tona, can you tell me where you think it's wrong? Can we get out of this room? My teeth are rattling, Jack. In my mouth. Not my other teeth. Um. 
And the yeah, Jack asks Tona, you know, what's going on? Is anything wrong? And and she giggles and says, No, it's all perfect. I love how her definition of perfect is that uh, the core is running at 120%. That doesn't sound good. Yeah. Right? Like, again, it, whenever... It's one of those It's one of those things of percent of what? Yeah, like... Like, that's... Like, I, I could... It's the kind of thing, like, if it's in the... If it's sort of like we're talking about the output of something like a drive, then I would have thought that it being able to do over 100% means it's, like, dangerously in overdrive. <laughs> You know, it mm-hmm. makes sense more than the last time he used like a hundred to like a, an above a hundred percent of something. But again, it doesn't sound good though. <laughs> and then, and then he says the only difference is a forty-eight percent shift in the phase alignment. Like forty-eight percent is quite a big difference, it, right? And he's saying that's like a the only yeah, minor that's difference. Minor. Yeah, I don't really. Again, what percentage of what? What's going on? What is this phase alignment? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand it. When he, when they explain it, uh, its minor job is to create a phase shift to allow faster than light acceleration past the normal space time physics. I just wrote next to that. What? What's? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Allow faster than light acceleration past the normal space time physics. I mean, for one thing, it's just kind of horribly written. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like I would, I would say that pass a bit better if it was just like past, like past the normal levels allowed by normal space-time physics or something along those lines. Just so apparently, there's a forty-eight percent shift in that. Like that's yeah, like I don't, I don't know what a phase shift is supposed to mean. Like, like I, I'm assuming it meant that bubble, and that somehow that, but it's you know it. It's the kind of sci-fi where it's basically magic, <laughs> just like you know, it's like, just like I, I made, it's like Gandalf came out. I made a speedy bubble. You go light speed now. Doesn't mm. mean anything, <laughs> you know. It's just like it's like you just got to accept this to move on with the story. It's it's a phase alignment. We can move past the normal space-time physics now. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, one thing that I keep noticing is is that is that he always seems to sort of like over describe after talking, just like Jack bit his lip phase alignment. He mumbled and then scrapped his stubble covered chin, like yeah, <laughs> just like and there's like another just... one where uh, where I'm sure he was like he runs yeah and like it's like oh my yeah, god he... Jack mumbled and ran his hand through his short hair. It's so it's specific. Like, I always feel like, like there's one extra descriptive word than sort of like it makes it flow nicely in all of these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's odd. Uh, I think the next the, the next part, which is great, is Jack uh, talking about the ship and comparing it to you know a living, breathing thing uh, that Tona would not understand because. You know, she wasn't brought up on starships. Mm. Uh, I wonder if, like, he's like, have you noticed the ship is, uh, it feels different whilst they're standing in this, like, vibrating <laughs> yeah. room. Like, no, I can't. I, I can't feel anything. I'm numb. <laughs> I'm a bit distracted right now. <laughs> you know, I've been in this room for even longer than you, Jack. <laughs> yeah. I can't feel a thing. <laughs> When they describe how many 
he, he goes into detail about how many weapons that have actually been added to the ship after this shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, it sounds like a lot to me. Like, I don't know if you picked up on this, but it's like 32 battery assault cannons on each side of the ship, 23 plasma torpedoes, weird number. I thought uh, that too, 100... I thought it that it went odd there. <laughs> yeah. 150 photonic displacement torpedoes and a Mac cannon. Yeah, like, I'm guessing that these are sort of like, he's talking about emitters, but I like the idea that he's just got 150 photonic torpedoes. Yeah, that's it. He's got 150. Yeah, there, sure. no, no launches. Yeah. <laughs> but not even that, just that's all. That's got to last him for the rest of the story, 150. But I'm guessing he means sort of like things to fire them. Well, earlier on he does say that there are missile and torpedo batteries. Yeah. But yeah, that's the other thing. It doesn't seem to link up with the weapons that he mentioned a page before. There's suddenly no mention <laughs> of any missiles. They're now all torpedoes. No, no rail, rail guns. guns at all. It's like um it's like he doesn't doesn't say broadside artillery cannons this time. I mean, probably those are the battery assault cannons. I don't know why they've got a different name this time though. <laughs> I like it, like like a page apart, and the weapons are different. He couldn't keep it the same for that long. He couldn't flip back a page and check what weapons he said the ship had. <laughs> Why does it have so many more photonic displacement torpedoes and plasma ones? Uh, reasons. Well, yeah, I mean, so those torpedoes are obviously the ammunition. Like... This might, I might actually be being, like, I don't know, wrong here, but are they all in the batteries, or are they inside the ship somewhere? Like, he said that, you know, the interior was the same, but the exterior showed new guns. Yeah, that's... Does that mean all of those torpedoes are, like, loaded into these new guns? That's the thing, like, I'm I'm still not sure if those things are meant to be ammunition or launchers still, like those all those torpedoes listed. Because, like, in the front bit, he mentions, as you say, the missile and torpedo batteries and the, like, artillery cannons. So... Maybe this is going into, maybe almost like spoilers, but how does this happen? Like, the ship that they were originally on obviously has no fittings for all these guns. How are there suddenly guns, like, magically attached to this ship? I don't know. Or is it... Is that never explained? That's why this is my, like... That this is why it's, this is all like the turning sort of like downward point of lack of disbelief in the book for me. Because <laughs> yeah, because I'd, I'd sort of understand if like you know later on it turned out oh it's a it's a different ship or something. But no, it's just like they've glued on some yeah, guns. Like, I don't get how they can be just like well it, it's entirely the same in the interior. Then how can it accommodate all of these guns? You know these these things also, can't they just be like... bolted on on the outside. Yeah, they need like electronics linked up so they can actually fire yeah. them. I assume they're they're used later on. Oh yeah, they're used. But <laughs> all all uh, hundred and fifty torpedoes. Yeah, like I just don't get how we're supposed to just buy just like we we went through a wormhole and now the ship's totally changed. Just like bloop. I just Oh, but did they go through a wormhole? Well they so, sort of. I'm very confused <laughs> by all that. I don't I'm not sure. Like what actually happened. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just such a bad idea that 
could have been avoided if he was just on a battleship to begin with. <laughs> just like, oh, then I wouldn't yeah. be getting just mad trying to comprehend like the concept of this. Just, just like, so they they pressed a button and their ships changed. Like I don't know. Like I almost, I almost wonder if like he says that like the personnel on the ship and all of this business weren't changed by it. Like I wonder if them going through here actually did sort of like alter the personnel and like their memories and shit as well. So it's like, well, the ship's entirely uh, the same on the inside. Of course it is. Just lower that. I mean, no way deep. is that what he's going for. But basically, that would explain some things later on in the book, where I don't know. But basically, without spoilers, there 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 seems to be personnel on this ship that are appropriate for a battleship but aren't for a transport ship that we meet later on in the book. And I just, and when we get to those points, I'm just going to be going, why are these people on this ship? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's a little thing to look forward for later. But I'm just like, so I'm just like, and that would, ex- and that could explain it, you know, if just like this whole thing had like, had like low key warped their mind like they remember the big picture though they remembered all the important people and what they were doing and that they were on a transport ship but there's just sort of like been this underlying thing that sort of like just messed with their mind enough so it's like well the, the ship all looks the same around us it must be the same it's like oh yeah that's uh jimmy the commando of course i remember him <laughs> yeah he he's very in place on my transport vessel <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, it just, I, I, it's just such a terrible idea. I don't understand it. <laughs> just, mm. just to to reach this end, this seems like, you know, he could have, you know, he could have sort of like drawn a nice path, but instead he's just all like scribbled a black line, just like very deeply in crayon, just like from A to B, just like, well, I wanted him to be a trader because that makes him a nice person, but he's gonna need a battleship for the rest of the book. <laughs> So it's mm-hmm. just like so instead of fabricating a plausible reason he just decides between one chapter after pressing a button he's suddenly in a battleship and then this chapter just exists to to basically say we don't know why and then never pick it up again Yep sounds about right just after this we just I, have I to quite, accept yeah. it I quite like to get to the bottom of actually what happened here. I mean, maybe I keep trying to turn to you for answers, but I don't think you, I think you know as much as I do, even though you've yeah, read the whole but... book. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, firstly, when Tona she's looking at some of the readings off the warp field, and she says, "This is amazing," and I like how. The author gives two different emotions for Jack, uh, oh, yeah. to the amazement or shock of Jack. It was difficult to choose which exactly, expression like, was on his like, face. Like it's suddenly gone to some sort of like third person narrator going, "I'm not sure what Jack was feeling right now." <laughs> yeah, he's feeling for just like for amazement. Text one. They've got him feeling sure. emotions, but which emotion I can't tell. If only we had some way of knowing what was happening in Jack's head. <laughs> At least he's honest in the book. Like I didn't know what to put here, so I just put two. I, I don't even know how Jack would feel, and I'm writing for the guy. <laughs> what a time to be alive! Yeah, and then and then she goes into like an explanation as to what happens, and I literally wrote on the page what the fuck is going on. Like, 
I, yeah, I I think I can know why. I don't, I don't know what some of these words are. I don't know if they're just things that I've never heard of, because they're like science fiction-y words. Like, what's an event okay. horizon? An event horizon is the point where the gravity gets so great that light can't escape, which is basically a term entirely used when talking about black holes. As opposed, I'm not, like, I, I guess, but as we said last week, because wormholes don't really exist you could bullshit that a that a wormhole might have an event horizon too but sort of like in its usual usage it's only like applied to light being able to escape unable to escape black holes but right okay yes but uh but barring that i don't see how you can have some of an event horizon like in their area because like it's yeah. like a binary thing. The event horizon is the point where the light can't escape because the gravity's become so great. How can you have 1% of that in an area? <laughs> yeah, because apparently the reason for all this or whatever was because they were too close to the event horizon when the warp field was activated. Only 1% of the event horizon was in the warp field, but that was enough to be affected by it. Um, and I still don't see how in God's name that would give their ship a ton of weapons. I know that they say they don't understand how that gave their ship a ton of weapons I mean, either, but that doesn't make it I mean, better. <laughs> g- genuinely, like, I don't even care about spoilers. Is that not explained? No. At least, at least <laughs> if it is, I have forgotten about it. And because this annoys me so much, I feel like I would remember if we were ever given a good ex- <laughs> example of it. <laughs> it's just like... Suddenly, guns, because you were one percent in the thing. Yeah, uh, next chapter. Like it's just that's amazing. That's one word for it. Yeah, I mean, it is like it's like something out of science fiction or something. What this captain of an interplanetary starship? You says it's science fiction. Yeah, nice breaking the third wall there. I like. He how he uh, says the same joke like three yeah times. just like not even like spread out along the chapter like literally three yeah. times in a row, I mean like I think it's all like just worth going verbatim because it's so close together, mm-hmm. just just like this was so extreme that it seemed like something out of fiction. It's like something out of science fiction. Jack chuckled as he looked at, up at the core. Tona just burst into laughter. You are the captain of an interplanetary starship, and you say this is science fiction. <laughs> Thanks for repeating the joke I've... three times in case we didn't manage to get it. <laughs> I like to think that the author sort of came up with that and was just so... Yeah. They just thought it was so funny that they wrote it yeah, three exactly. times. He, he forgot that he heard that joke in Firefly a year ago. He thought it's all him now. <laughs> <laughs> they only did it once, by the way. <laughs> Not three times in it... a row. And it was a lot if more... he was writing... And it had a lot more brevity... <laughs> <laughs> if he was writing, they wouldn't have got cancelled. Oh, yeah. They never would have even got a pilot if he was writing. And also, uh, fanfare, boop, 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 chuckle vision. Ah, oh, yes. It's like something out of science fiction, Jack chuckled. Disappointing week. That's, That's it for chuckle vision. But we do have one honorary giggle to mention earlier on in the chapter. When Tona's talking about how perfect things are. <laughs> and that's been Chuckle Vision. Tune in next week for more Chuckle Vision. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to put these in your Chuckle Vision calendar. 
<laughs> but yeah, the time for chuckle vision is over. Yeah, I don't. I don't think much else sort of is worth mentioning up until over a bit because, uh, well, they, they talk a bit more um, and and they return to the to the bridge um, where they meet Hollister. Um, the true hero who gives, yeah, Hollister gives them his findings on a data pad, and uh, suddenly Jack is hit with a realization, like a wet towel to his face. Beautiful sentence, <laughs> such such simile. <laughs> we've we've got to come up with just like top five metaphors <laughs> at one point because that is amazing, like a wet towel to his face. So good, <laughs> Sally Whip. That's going to be something to look forward to for the post-mortem episode. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to have to, like, read the book again to make a list of all this shit. We should be making notes as we go through. We really should. Yeah. Just to save us yeah. from that. And what what is the realisation? It's it's that the wormhole was never there? Yeah, like, it's weird. Like, they they, they pressed the button. They walked away. Well, I say they walked away. They walked to exactly the same place, but the wormhole wasn't there. Did they warp? That's the question. Uh, yes. Did they? Yeah. It's just, instead of warping, like, through sort of, like, space, as in, I think they are expecting to move, but in... They walked to guns. Yeah, basically. This warp drive doesn't deal with, like, getting you from A to B. It deals with giving you guns. Exactly. It warps in guns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's what it does. It, it like, is a receiver for that's guns. That's why it goes on warships. Some, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in the galaxy, some, like, battleship was just like, what has happened? Like, where are our guns gone? Suddenly we have two laser guns and we're at 25% hull integrity. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, I guess we we're a transport ship oh, now. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, like, how can they say that the ship's interior is the same when it was like fucked to like twenty five percent integrity at the end of last episode? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel yeah. like like the fact that the ship is like utterly repaired is like sort of worth mentioning, but not. I mean, it's implied by the fact that they like say that the ship's like the same and has all these weapons on it now but he never like goes also this you know shit are shit suddenly our readings which were in the red are now sort of like plus green 120 percent yeah that's true actually i didn't think of that like suddenly they're fully operational doing like exterior scans yeah like i i wonder like how many if anyone died in like their ship being wrecked like that because, I mean, I guess they could argue possibly no one, as they're a transport ship, so, like, most of the ship's probably going to be holds. So maybe, like, all of the important personnel places, like the gym, the canteen, <laughs> were just full of people. Yeah. So nobody actually died, but, yeah. I do wonder how the ship think... can be that wrecked with no fatalities, worth mentioning. I think we're, we're then introduced to, like, my favourite... Uh minor character is a young bridge crew yeah not a young uh, bridge crew member. man or member no <laughs> just a young <laughs> young bridge crew i like to i like to yeah. imagine it's like a group of people that are always just seen together it's a young bridge crew there's like five people pointing <laughs> out the window it's gone 
<laughs> I, I just love how he uh, he just says it's gone as looking out looking out the window instead of checking his console yeah, scan like, results. Exactly what I was I'm saying. Sorry, but last thing, they sh- they they should be using their scan results to check things in space. They don't need fucking windows. Why are they on the top of the ship? <laughs> <laughs> but in his defence, in in the defence of the young bridge crew, like if you've got these windows. Surely that's enough to know that the wormhole's not there, right? I guess. Like, I don't know why why he's, like, chastised <laughs> so much. Like, God, what an idiot. Why didn't you just look at the scan results? Like, and like then, I... like, after a moment, another crew member began to read the results. I bet that crew member was like... This guy. Yeah, I'll read the no, results. This, this is my this way guy. in. This is yeah. my way to become a young bridge crew. <laughs> Those two are, like, side-eyeing each other, like, I've got my eyes I, on you. yeah. Like, I mean, I guess it's the fact that he just, like, looked out the window and then just kept gulping rather than seeing what the scan said. Like... Wait, didn't the... Didn't the shutters go down? Ah, there's the holographic image of what's actually out there, isn't it? I guess, though it doesn't mention that. It does say through the window, doesn't it? I guess guess they could have gone back Yeah, I mean, after all, they're not getting fucked anymore. I mean, Hollister's been up there for a while. He could have been like, it's safe, you know... Hopefully, if I take these down, I won't fuck things up again. Why are they only suddenly just noticing now that, like, yeah, it's like, gone? like this thing up until a second ago was like their universe. They were like being inexorably drawn into this sort of like <laughs> into this giant wormhole that they were expecting to crush them or at least like ruin their lives. They press a button. And it's gone, but they don't notice. Everyone's suddenly just like looking at the readings, going, "Shit, son, we have guns everywhere." They like <laughs> immediately go between the two things without, like, apparently no one was looking out the window as they like warped. They were just so hyped about those guns. It's like, like I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't know how they can justify nobody noticing for all this time. Like, like I'm not sure how long Jack's been away, but even if it was only, like, ten minutes that he was down there talking to Toner, I still don't believe that in ten minutes nobody noticed the wormhole that was about to kill them is gone, and that they've stopped moving towards it. We get another... We get a return of uh, the leather chair. Oh yeah, we missed him. Yeah, yeah. It's old leather creaking as he relaxed into so it. So good. He loves it. Yeah, such creak. It's like ah, oh, you skipped one of my favourite bits though, where for no reason he just decides to explain what the grandfather paradox is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. It's like it's like after realising that the wormhole was gone, that's like Hollister was like, it seems like it never existed. Hollister spoke as he sat down slowly in his seat, trying to fathom from the revelation. If it did not exist, how could they be there? It was a paradox. Much like if you went back in time and killed your grandfather before you were born, you would cease to exist. Therefore, who could go back in time and kill your grandfather if you did not exist? Also, does your one have a question mark and a semicolon there? Um, no, mine's a question mark and a full stop. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) How has <laughs> that even happened? So he, that means that he went back in. He went back in, and was like, "There shouldn't be two punctuation marks there." No, there should be, but not a semicolon. Oh, that—that's the best possible change that I could have found. He made there. That's amazing. But yeah, this was known as the grandfather paradox. Just like, why? Like, like I don't even see quite how this is relevant to the grandfather paradox like 
Because didn't they not even fly through it? I thought it was the warp thing. I thought that the thing that went wrong is that they kind of caught a bit of it when they play, did the yeah, warp drive. Like the thing that the thing that made them do anything was the warp drive and the complications, which apparently resulted in guns, was because it was near a wormhole. From what yeah, I understand, yeah, I, mean, I think that's the best we're going to get for what happened here, <laughs> because because they they were being sucked into the wormhole and so somehow they knew what to do to counter that was to activate this warp drive. Well, it's more all they could think of left to do was to activate it. I'll give them that yeah. they kind of like, well, we'll try it. Last roll of the dice. And they rolled guns. Yeah. Six guns. Way more than six well, guns. a lot more than that, yeah. But I just, and it's just such a detailed thing. Like, I'm not... Like I'm not even sure I'd agree that it's a paradox <laughs> that it that them press that them pressing the warp drive like like I don't know it's like this is like an experimental warp drive let's just let's just say that for some reason it interacting with the wormhole just like made the wormhole implode and disappear like I mean I know that they say in some more techno babble that there's no re- resi- remaining gravitational forces, no residual anti-protons that are usually left behind after the destruction of a wormhole, and no tachyon emissions to show the death of a wormhole, which seems repeating itself. I'm not sure. Like, c- could a wormhole be destroyed yeah, get but it. not there was dead? No wormhole. <laughs> Can you even kill a wormhole? Is it alive? How do you kill a wormhole that is not dead? Yeah, but just like... But yeah, like, but even, you know, even if I accept that it's a paradox, I don't see why he had to then go on such a long explanation of what a paradox is, and then, and the grandfather paradox specifically. It's just, I, I like how in such a short chapter there can be such a long and unnecessary segment <laughs> that just doesn't add anything. <laughs> uh, then he slumped into his chair. He likes that. Creaking. <laughs> yeah. Hollis is slumped as well. So slump. <laughs> yeah, I like how after that he decides that they need to head back to Deep Space Trade Voyage Station 58. I like how they're still not using the abbreviated version, ever. Yeah. All the t- Twice in that paragraph, actually. Yeah. Just, mm. Like, the abbreviation's bad enough, but... <laughs> <laughs> at least use it. I think at this point they could just say station. I think we know, like, we don't need to know the name of the station. Every we could just say, let's time. return to the station. <laughs> I, I guess that at least, uh, at least, you know, he didn't switch between using numbers and letters for the 58 between the two times in the same paragraph. That would have triggered you. <laughs> yeah. He, well, yeah, I was going to mention actually that earlier when he was uh, listing the the guns. It was just a was it mess a of like cap, cap, capitalized numbers sometimes, not capitalize others. It's just a mess. I mean, at least he didn't mix any any sort of like numbers in there. Like numbers, they, yeah. they were all. I'll, I'll give them sort of like full words. But then there's where he says there's 32 battery assault cannons. 30 is capitalized, but two is not. Literally right next to each other. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at the very end is where we get the uh the title for this episode. Um when uh when they explain that they're gonna go back to the station, the bridge 
replies with a chorus of I Captain obviously meant to be like A Y E Captain. I I But in my book <laughs> Yeah. In my in my book it's I as in Peepers E Y E. Yeah. And in, and in my your one, book it's E Captain E H <laughs> Canadians <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So again, he went back it's, and, cha- it's, it's, and saw. He saw Air there was a problem. Was like, he saw that he got it wrong the first time, but he couldn't quite pin down what. <laughs> tried so hard, <laughs> but not hard enough. Yeah, he just wrote down just like I, I am going to sound it out in my head. I, okay, yeah, that's got to be right. Ship it. <laughs> yeah, and I like that they've decided to keep with the tradition of just awful, sort of like lead-ins to the next chapter, just like however, what they would find there would be less than what they wanted you you hype? Yeah, it was very it was very similar to, uh, I think chapter 2, where it's like Jack would quickly change his opinion on what was a good enough mm-hmm. reason, just like these weird sort of I don't even know how to describe them, they're just like I don't, I don't know you know it they're just weird sentences <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just like it's just like he could have ended it without it, and it would have been like much better. But it's just like something off off about yeah, those like, sentences. Like they always pass so weirdly. <laughs> that I mean, like I say, I don't, I'm not, I don't like sort of like the point of them in like which I think is to sort of like act as sort of like an extra sort of like cherry on the cliffhanger just like if he's like it's not quite a cliffhanger then let's just sort of like just like whoa hook for the next chapter kind of thing what's he gonna find there you know keep reading but yeah they 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 always just feel so clumsily put together like like you know i I just don't know how you can read them and think yeah that's that's the way i want to lead into the next chapter they always just sound slightly off (laughs) But yeah, I think that's about it for this chapter. Like, yeah, nothing I mean, happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, the as I think you said before, the whole point of this chapter is is to give them guns. Yeah, somehow, and th- and then to he, spend a long time not explaining how they got the guns. Because after because ev- yeah. they offer a lot of like potential reasons, but then like dismiss them all immediately afterwards. It's like nah, or at the very least go maybe, but I don't think that would explain <laughs> everything. Because that because I swear to God, there is there is nothing that they could say that would make them pressing a button and them getting guns make sense. I can't think of any BS reason. You know, short of sort of like godlike aliens, <laughs> like you know, it rings a button oh. in this alien's room when they press that. It's like, oh, guns, <laughs> and also like very specifically different kind, like an assortment of guns, not just like I don't even know why this would make sense, but just I, it would almost make a bit more sense if it was like we got a big like special gun like one like special thing or like lots of the same generic gun but it's the fact that it's like we got 20 of these like 30 of these like why <laughs> I just don't get it like, yeah it's like oh, I know like just just sort of like spit 
falling. Just like that's like some other ways that they could have just like bullshitted a reason. Just like like I know this thing walks in like like a load of nano robots that start repairing the ship or something. <laughs> you know, you know that I'd still call BS, but at least it'd sort of offer an explanation. I feel like you could draw a line under. I'd still yeah, say or, it was needless. Even, but... <laughs> or even like they walked and there was like they walked to like a wrecked ship where they could like salvage the shit their exactly, guns off like, or something. Exactly, like just give him a new ship. Like their ship was wrecked. <laughs> you know, they said it was 25% left. They walk to a new location and they find a disabled like a uh, a mothballed sp- uh, starship that fight cruiser thing. And th- there you go. Same outcome with, you know, a, a couple of questions. Why is this thing abandoned but still functional? But, you know, just just have what happened to well, the like trace. A... Well, yeah, it could be a big plot hook for the story that they could do something interesting with. Or they could just hand wave it away with just like, uh, space plague, but then it all got blasted out just like on the trade void station, you know, and everyone's dead. Mm. But there was no Fargus to pick this one up. <laughs> so, like, you know, there's just... There's just so many ways which, like I say, I still think that it's kinda asinine having him be a be in a trade ship for just three chapters and it changing, but but like even moving past my distaste for that as a concept, there's so many ways that he could have BS'd him into having a battleship in this third chapter, which, you know, some of them might have had some question marks under them, but at least they would have answered the question and drawn a line under it. This offers you a lot of answers to the questions, dismisses all of them, then never brings up the question again. For the rest of the book. Spoilers. <laughs> and, I don't know, this... You might have been able to tell from the fact that I've basically harped on the same thing at four different points in this. <laughs> but it fucking infuriates me. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. I... I, I think we're just going to end up repeating ourselves, and God knows I've repeated myself enough this week. <laughs> if we go on yeah, any longer, I think that's a, yeah, that's a good point. I think we're it. done. So, thank thanks all of you for watching. We've been too absolute watching. Ah, uh, you're right. <laughs> Should I? Yeah, you know maybe maybe one, one day. day when we get the two bookends on TV. They can like have a sitting in front of a fire, reading the way the stars fall, chapter by chapter. I hope you're checking out our chapter readings, by the way, which they're probably being uploaded to the same place as this podcast. I'm still working that out. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, thank you for listening to Two Absolute Bookends. We've been reading The Way the Stars Fall Rebirth by Lewis Stockton. Please support the author. And we'll meet you next week when we're reading Chapter 5 where we get no fucking answers. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.